Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm back for episode five. I'd just like to say how humble I feel. Um, I've got 961 people downloaded my um, podcast. I can't believe it. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Um, um, I've calmed down a bit since my last podcast where I got a bit angry. Um, again, that's my uh, character sometimes. I'll just blog and uh, I can't keep things in. I have to get them off my chest. Um, my therapist told me to do that, but I don't think she meant in that way. But hey. uh, So yeah, uh, I, I'm over that. Well, I'm not over it, but it's I'm not angry about it as much now. So, uh, thank you, everyone. Um, back to uh, right. So, I think I got to. Um, <laughs> I've had text messages uh, asking me from my old colleague saying they didn't know I'd gone to church, being sarcastic because they always bang on about it. Um, but yeah. It was an adventure, and I think they're just a bit jealous that they didn't go and spend uh, Christmas in the Caribbean and get paid for it. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to try not to mention it again because I don't want to get people more jealous. Smither, you get me? Ha! So, I'm back from the place I can't mention. <laughs> and I'm working in reception... Uh, with some good people. Um, one I forgot to mention last time was Tracer. Sorry about that, Trace. And uh, Jane. Jane was on the computer. Uh, people don't realise how much she worked, but uh, she did. Um, me and Jane had a few arguments, but uh, we're still friends. So, yeah, professional arguments, I think we can call them. Uh, so, yeah. So back in reception, there's lots of bloody busy work, late nights. Um, one of the recep I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but one of the duties of reception was uh, Muslim prayer every Friday. Um, so we used to have to do that every Friday. But back in them days, you used to be able to go home early on Thursday because you was going to be late on Friday. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, I would just uh, just like to mention um, that issue with the new jail um, that's just opened in Wellingborough um, and how it's uh, lots of staff assaults going on and, and um, the big issue they've got there, and this is, I'm quoting this, it's not my opinion, I'm quoting it, that the lack of experienced staff, um, and I think that's happening all over, all the jails in the prison estate in this country because uh, yeah they just people no disrespect to them officers that just started because we all have to just start uh, I didn't have any experience with the jail but I had people who'd been there a few years longer who were working with me who, who I learnt off or taught me the job where now, I mean, even before I left, there was people, brand new staff coming on the wing, being 
mentored by staff who'd only been there five, six months themselves. So you're not learned, you're not, you know, it, it took me a good two, two, three years to get my jail craft up to a standard where I felt safe showing somebody else. And I would still say, years after I was sit, even to the day I left, you're still learning stuff. Um, but when you've got two officers on a wing where we're not even six months between them, you're just asking for trouble. Um, and some of these prisoners, they, 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 they cotton on straight away to this, straight away. Um, oh, they, smell, they can smell your fear. And anybody who goes on a wing for the first time or the, and who says they're not scared, well, they're bullshitting you, mate. Proper bullshitting you. Um, oh, God. Even old leatherheads like me got, sometimes got a bit, I won't say scared because that's not in my nature, uh, a bit weary about, like I said in the previous one, you walk on a wing and you can actually, again, this is jailcraft, you can actually sense the atmosphere is not right, you know, you've got to be on your guard. Um, and unfortunately, nowadays, that's a dying art, I think. Um, it takes a good few, a good couple of years to actually go on with confidence. I, I used to go on some wings and it's like, shh, not right, this. And you're just on your guard and then you get hypersensitive and hyper alert and every little noise. Um, affects you actually sometimes it still affects me now i still have to pat wherever i go i'm just like i'm always like checking it's just but that i think that's just a bit because if you've been doing it for 12 years solid it's not going to go um but yeah it's uh, good good you got to learn it you got to have experienced staff and you they're just leaving I, I still had a couple of years left in me, but due to circumstances which will go on at the end because it, it is, um, I, I went, eight, well, 18 months I had left and I was tempted to stay on over. Uh, but, no, it, it didn't work out for reasons that I'll go into at a later date. Um, so it went, it, yeah, it was just... Uh, I, yeah, I, I love the job. I love the job. I love doing what I used to do. Uh, even though later on, like just before I left, I was just driving, but I was still involved in stuff and uh, still giving me shitty advice on to people who wanted it. Um, and I still get messages now, text messages now, with people who are down in the dumps or something's happened and they, they just text me, not, not for advice, just for a chat and... I think it's better that I can chat to him now because I'm not actually there anymore. Um, so I'm out of the game. Uh, right, that's enough. Let's try and get some silly stories on. Um, yeah, so we're in reception. Um, we get all kinds in. and we, A lot of the times, people from other jails who were transferred in and didn't want to be transferred out of the last year because he was up to all kinds. I mean, some of them have come and they were making a fortune. And that's why they were getting shipped out, so they weren't happy. So they come down and, and 
the GOA me drivers would bring him and they'd put the letters and all. They always used to let us know before they got there. Say someone's kicking off or they're refusing to come out of the van and all that. So we, we tended all the, you know, they were just being dicks, basically. So uh, we got this one lad and he, he's for kicking off and he's, all the way he was kicking off, he was threatening the the uh, female staff who was sat in the back, uh, threatening her and being like verbally abusive. So they let us know what was going on. So uh, the manager got some of the biggest officers we've got um, and they got kitted up and they got there and I, I went, they said, said Mark go and ask him if he was going to come off. So I went on the van and I said, hey, right, okay mate, uh, you're at Dumpgate now, Do you, are, you, are you willing to come? Because he'd been saying all the way there, I ain't coming off this walking van, you'll have to drag me off. Now, to be honest, we didn't give a shit really, we dragged it off me, it's not a problem. Um, so anyway, so I didn't say that to him obviously. Oh, did I? I, I can't remember. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's giving it all out and he's saying, oh, tell, tell me to say, fuck off your old man. Now that's now on my trigger. But I knew the plan, so I'm like, yeah, okay mate, no, I'm just asking you. So off I went. Um, and the next thing, you know, these three big fucking giants get on the bus, um, open the door, and they just run in and smash him up in the in the room and drag him off the off the um, off the bus into the into reception and lock him in the room. And you know what? Quiet as a mouse. Didn't say a word. Uh, I just said to him, "Listen, mate, uh, I asked you to come off. You could have come off there easy." Um, but the three lads who got you off, they're going to stay here just in case you um, want to start any bother again. So, uh, yeah, they didn't, they'd gone, but oh, that's not the point, he didn't know that, did he? So, yeah, so sometimes you've got to be, uh, not lie to him, I never lied to them, but I just sort of bend the tooth a little bit just so they can uh, listen. But yeah, I went through good as gold, uh, went onto the wing. Uh, was good as gold for about three days and then he started kicking off up there. But, uh, yeah, we soon dealt with. Um, back in them days, we could just, we could do it. If there was some causing trouble, uh, um, we just got dealt with. Nowadays, it's like three hours later. Bear, just bear with me. Yeah, so nowadays, it's like a big, a big issue about whether you get kitted off or, you know, it takes hours. But then again, I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing or a good thing, but then again, it didn't take long to get three staff who were going to get kitted up. You just went in and said, right, kit up, kit up, and you, people used to do it. Nowadays, like, oh, I can't, oh, uh, and some of them don't even come into the bubble because they don't want to get picked anyway. Um, I got very frustrated at one point because... They used to miss me out pur purposely because of my age. Because in them days, apparently, if you're over 55, you, you can't ask you to get up, which I think's bucket. Oops, sorry. I think's nonsense. Um, and actually, to be fair, I think I only kitted up three times, twice in my whole career. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, because I'm only five foot five. And, the prison service, very ageist. No money given. 
Um, not age, it's sizeist. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I, I get it because you try to do um, age comparison when you're going in, kid. And to be fair, there weren't many prisoners as small as me. Uh, so yeah, so it, it, yeah, things like that happen. Um, I don't know. I've mentioned this one before. I don't know. Um, we had one uh, in reception. This was the second time I was in reception. Um, they had uh, a lad that had been slashing his slashing up all the way to prison. Um, he'd been trans. I think I don't know if he'd been transferred or come from court. Can't remember. Uh, but he'd been cutting up. There was blood all over the windows and everything. Uh, the GOM drivers let us know. So um, you don't tend to get kitted up first for someone who's cutting up because obviously you're badly injured. You don't want to be smashing someone about a cell when he's badly injured. So. He gets there, uh, and the GOME drivers weren't exaggerating, there was blood everywhere. So we opened the door, um, manager was there, <coughs> what I said, the better, um, saying, like, are you coming out, are you coming out? He's like, no, no, I'm not coming out, and if you come and get me, I've got a razor blade in my mouth and all, and going on and on and on. Uh, the GOME driver just said, well, he hasn't, we took it off him. So I'm like, okay. So I told the manager this, but he's like, dilly and dally and pissing about. I thought, this is going to be one of them fucking long jobs, this. And, um, so, I, again, because, sorry to bore everyone again, I'm going to do it because I was a train negotiator. Um, I went up and I'm, I'm trying to talk to him and he's just being a dick and he's fucking all this, so I just, I just, Grabbed his head and ragged him out of the room. Didn't he? he's supposed to get the manager supposed to say like get him or whatever, uh, but I, I just couldn't be asked. So I got him, and all his arms were slashed up his face. So I thought I'll be all right because I grabbed his head, grabbed his head, and pulled him out of the room, got his head in the in the approved position, um, and as I got him out, my colleagues, uh, I can't remember it was I think it was Lucy. Lucy and um, oh, Mr. Ed, yeah, uh, we grabbed grabbed him off. So I'm walking him into the reception with his head bent down, uh, and the little bastard cut slashed the top of his head as well. So I had fucking blood everywhere down my shirt. Uh, it was on lights, it was on nights, and we'd already got four or five off the bus already. Um, so I'm full of blood. So obviously I can't carry on processing prisoners because I've got all this blood all down my bloody shirt. Uh, goes to the manager. I said, uh, is it all right if you can take me for a new shirt because the stores are locked and only the Oscar one's got the key. You know what he said? I'm fucking busy. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I just sat there processing prisoners with all this blood down my shirt. Oh, what a cock. Um, so yeah, I did that. Uh, I carried on, and I was taking the uh, protest of prison, I was taking up to Wing, um, and one of them said to me, you shouldn't be near me with that blood on your shirt, it's health and safety. I said, well, fuck off, I'm, I'm silent road then, you prick. And walked him up. Uh, you know what I have to do? I have to put on a yellow reflective jacket over my shirt to cover the blood, because he still wouldn't let me go and get a new shirt. So I finished my shift off with blood all over my shirt. 
Um, again, I'm going down to don't give a shit about the fucking staff as long as uh, we can tell everyone we the shift went okay. Joke, mate. And that's what they're saying at Five Wells now. Um, the management don't give a shit about the staff. They're only bothered about the figures. Um, two officers got um, interviewed off the record, away from the jail, talking about an officer that had got stabbed in his head and in his back. When they asked the... Um, this is not Dubgate, by the way. I'm not... This is not Dubgate. Um when they went and talked to management, management said, no, nah, no one got stabbed there. Yeah, these officers were there, they seen it. Do you know what I mean? And I'm afraid, in my opinion at the moment, that's how it is at Dubgate. They're all bothered about the figures and what the head office find now. I don't give a shit about staff. Um, that's my opinion, by the way. Not That's not anyone else's opinion. That's mine. Um, and that's just what I heard off other people. So I've just made that assumption from what I heard off other people. Um, and it, it saddens me because when we had good governors and good staff, you used to feel safe going to work because now it's like you're scared to say or do anything now because you you get um, you could get sacked or suspended. It's like, I mean, we've had that previously and... Uh, Managers were under so much pressure that they didn't think they could make a decision because they couldn't manage the place like they should be able to, and a lot of them do, because they're going to get dragged upstairs by the government and given a bollocking because they've. I don't know, I don't know. So uh, I'm away from it now, luckily, because if it's like that now, from what I'm hearing, I wouldn't last long anyway, I'd have to say something and sometimes my gob runs away from me and I, I tell them the truth, um, I tell them what's going on and especially lately, and I don't know if it's changed but when I, before I left people didn't even know who the, what the governors looked like, um, yet previously governors were always out in the prison walking around the, the house block talking to staff on the house blocks uh, in the um, in reception in seg visits they they went round everywhere everyone knew who he was because the, the, that was the job but now and not just now previously I can go back to a couple of three governor when I first started if only time I ever met the governor when I first started was when he come to a training course when we started never seen him again. Wouldn't have known him if I fell over him. Um, so yeah, it's not just the the ones now. It's a, but I don't. That's ridiculous. Um, everybody knew, and and I think Joan Martin Jones and and John Hewitson and Bratty, you know, and they knew all the staff as well. Uh, Bratty did anyway because he used to work there. But it, the others went out of the way to get people. Uh, I mean, there was a few people obviously lost their jobs when these governors were there. Because sometimes you just, you can't get away with it. And mostly it was bent people, uh, corrupt officers, sorry. Uh, quite glad, quite good that they go. Because they're putting all of us in danger. Uh, and all these ex-prison officers who are corrupt. 
uh, been to jail and they're corrupt and they come out and they're oh, I'm a changed man. Don't matter, mate, if you're a changed man. You did what you did and you put your colleagues in danger. So you might be a reformed man now and you did what you did, but I mean, I've heard someone on a podcast, oh, yeah, and I, I learnt my lesson, I did what I did. Never apologise, never say, I'm sorry I put my friends in danger. Uh, none of that. So, no, I'm not buying it, mate. If you're corrupt, you're corrupt. End of story. Don't, you can't, don't come to me saying, oh, I'm, I'm a different person, I'm bollocks, man. You're corrupt. And a corrupt pr prison officer is putting two, three hundred staff at risk. Uh, you bring your phones in. Uh, then officers are getting attacked outside jail and the car's burnt down. Wonder how they know that. Uh, how people outside know that. So, yeah, don't don't give me that. I don't believe you. I mean, I've, I've worked with some big, horrible, bad prisoners and they tell you they've reformed and, you know, you can tell they have. Uh, now, but, but they still never, they still did what they did. Don't come out giving it all, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, one of them's got the same surname as me and I'm embarrassed about that. Is uh, that Forest Bank. Terrible, mate. Don't believe you. Do all you do, you can say what you say, but at the time, you put lives at risk. Not I put my life, I put life at risk, but when I do it, it's my own life, I put at risk, nobody else's. So, yeah, don't give me that bullshit. I'm a change man. You're not, you're bent. You're bent and you're stupid because we all know you get a bit of money for the first few times then you got you by the balls and you're doing it for free. So, best advice I ever had off Dale, Dale Worthington. If anyone, if anyone comes to you to try and corrupt you, tell them to fuck off, then go and tell security straight away. Don't leave it because if you leave it, they'll think, oh, he's not going to report me. And that's the best advice give any officer. Don't fall for it. If they try and corrupt you, put them on a nick in and report them to security, and then security will deal with them. Uh, they'll be out of jail before the next meal. Uh, I don't understand, unless you're bent-bent, and you, you, or you, sometimes, even, I work for Circo, and, some officers' excuses, oh, I'm skinned, I've got no money, I'm in debt, but well, the circle had a fund. Well, if you're in debt, mate, go to the fund and get it legally, where you don't lose your job, you don't lose your career, and you don't lose your, your self-esteem. Get help. Don't, don't take money off cons, man. You're mad. Proper mad, mate. Don't take money off cons. Because, uh, well... Because then you end up in jail yourself, don't you? Because that's what happens. Uh, you end up in jail and you end up on a, the VP wing. And even they don't like you, so you're still going to, you've got to watch your back. What's it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because then if you're skin, you're super skin, aren't you? Because you've got no money. You've got no job. And unless you like these uh, other corrupt officers, you reckon you get jobs to left, right and centre, which, again... <laughs> Who knows? Uh, you're always going to be known as a corrupt, a corrupt officer. Um, oh man, I don't, I don't understand why you do it. 
I was in shit state with money when I joined the prison service. I just paid it all off. Struggled for a couple of years. Now I'm laughing my balls off. I'm retired. I've got a wad in the bank from my pension. I've got no debt. Brilliant. I've never took a penny off anyone. It's all my own graft, mate. All my own graft. And I can hold my head up high. I don't have to walk around. Oh, I hope someone don't recognise me because they might... Because I'm bent. Stupid. And the girls... Girls that do it, they get in a, um, a relationship with a prisoner. The prisoners don't fucking love you, mate. They're just using you. It, you lose your job. Some people lost their marriages, the kids, everything. And this bastard's gone to another jail and tied it with someone else. He don't care about you. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. You've got... You're in a position of authority. You're trusted. You're a prison officer. Be professional. Don't do it. Please, don't do it. Um, they don't give a shit about you, man. The prisoners, this is what they do. Not all prisoners, don't get me wrong. I'm not criticising all prisoners. Some good lads in there who, who are in there for a, one mistake, which I've talked about before. Um, but, yeah, just don't do it. Just, just go in, work, do your job, make sure you go home after work, everyone goes home safe and sound, just do your job. You're well paid now. The wage has gone is doubled since I started. Doubled, mate. It's, it's you know why? Um, is it greedy? You just greedy. You just want more. Um, and there's lots of help out there if you're in debt and shit like that. Just don't fucking do it. That's it. Please don't do it. Um, <coughs> I've lost my gist now. <coughs> I said I'd calm down, didn't I, at the beginning, but obviously I haven't. So, back, in re back to reception now, where I've been in a little detour there. Um, yeah, so we're in reception there, we've got two really tough, we have trusted prisoners as our um, orderlies. Um, God, these, they make cracking brews, I tell you. Keep the place dead tidy. They were well on the bar, mate. They just good lads. Um, oh, God, one of them, he had a proper mental breakdown. He, 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 oh, well, I'll get to that later. It was, it was quite scary, really, when you see how, how bad they can deteriorate uh, doing a long time in jail. Um, yeah, so these, we had these good orders and they used to... Um, it was in the days before we had all these first-night orders and all that, was it? So a lot... Sometimes these orders, we'd ask, you know, have a chat with these lads, put them right on stuff. Because obviously, if people have been to prison before, they're probably not going to trust the screws. They just, they want, sorry, prison officers. You don't, they don't talk to them as much, where another prison does it, they'll talk to them. I mean, I'm not on about grassing and stuff, just like if you've got issues, suicidal thoughts or... They're not coping very well. They might tell another prisoner in in as a one to one in reception. Um, it's why I think now with the first night, the first night uh, reps, it's good because they do most of the first interviews with the prisoner. We just process them now, and the first night lads tell them about what happens and what's going on, and when when they're going to get meeting, um, when they're going to have their um, assessments and the induction and all that. Uh, it saves us a lot of time, plus the, the ones, 
that we had when I left were brilliant, mate. All of them were absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, we used to, oh, they used to send me most of the time to the like the really bad suicidal ones, or the first time in prison ones who generally were scared. They, they listened to all the stories and that and watched the telly. And if they sat one to one with the prisoners, they'd probably be shitting themselves. So that's when we have to go in it. Well, go in and talk to them more. Uh, if they've had, if they've been, they've been on remand and they've had a massive like sentence, we go and have a chat with them as well because obviously they're going to have uh, issues then because they found out they're going to do twenty years in jail. Um, so yeah, it, but yeah, so these articles used to chat with them, but uh, you still didn't hundred percent trust them. Uh, not that they gave you any any rise to not trust them, but it just didn't, you know, it was just that little thing. Um, we found out one of them was actually dipping the um, prop. We have a big, massive prop shed with all the prop boxes, but then we have a big a room in the back of reception where, like, the new stuff comes in, the, um, you know, the stuff they've ordered from the catalogue or parcels and that. And we're getting a few complaints that the stuff wasn't turning up. So of course we're like it's not us. It's got to be the males not coming in and all. And it gets, and anyway, it, this person was uh, lifting stuff out of the back room because stupidly there was no lock on it, so it was just open. Um, and sometimes, to be honest, there was a lot like a key, but not a, like a proper prison or cell key. But sometimes of a night you're that busy bobbing in and out, and, and ten prisoners to process. You just sometimes people forgot to lock it. Not saying I did, not we all. <laughs> but uh, so he was dipping it. So obviously we found out he he got sacked and got a nick for it and everything. So he wasn't an orderly. But what happened to him? Then he tried to get out of it by saying that we were letting him do it. It's like you fucking cheeky back. So then he said. Obviously, when he gets a nick in, he goes to basics. So he went and took his stuff, and they're like, "Well, this PlayStation's not on your prop card." Oh yeah, Mark, give it me. So it's like the so next thing. I'm upstairs um, with the um, the dep and the security manager, uh, and I walked in. I said, "Yeah, what's up?" Because I didn't have a clue. Why he's called me up? I thought I was going to get promoted or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'll be the day. Um, and I like, sit down. So, you know, when someone says sit down, there's something's going on. I said, oh, well, hi, what's going on? Uh, we've had um, intelligence that you give, I won't name, I can't even remember his name. We used to call him Dreads because he had dreadlocks. Nothing racist about it, he just had dreadlocks. We have, anyway, you know I'm not. Um, that you give him a PlayStation. I said, what? He says, so, the security man says to me, are you corrupt, Mark? And I went, fucking mad. And I said to him, don't ever use my name next to that word again in a sentence. I said, I'll put you through the fucking window. He says, well, he did say Mark. I said, well, first of all, there's two Marks at work in reception. I said, and I'm telling you right now, I won't give anybody nothing like that. And if I did, I'd put it on his prop card. I said, well, don't ever accuse me of being bent again. And uh, Brat is like, oh, I said his name, man. Calm down, calm, we're just asking. So, no, you're not asking. You, he just asked me if I was corrupt. 
Straight to the point. I said, no, I'm fucking telling you, I'm not. I walk out this door now and out of the prison, if that's how you, you think of me. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go down and get his fucking green sheet. So I went down and guess what? His green sheet was missing. So uh, somebody had been at it and they used mark, they used, well, they said mark, but there was two marks working there. And I can guarantee the other mark weren't meant because he, he was a bit of a bastard when it comes to prop, won't give him the steam off his piss, which is correct. Um, and to be fair, I, I, no, I used to like, let a few things go, but not important stuff, but you know, like, <laughs> you can't have pink shoes, why can't you have pink shoes? What well, does it matter what colour they are? So I'd let them, you know, little things like that, but this other mark won't, no. So, yeah, but I mean, afterwards I think, you know, Due respect, they have to ask you, but please put it in. Learn your audience, what I learned as a negotiator, learn your audience, you know, it's all right being straightforward, but sometimes you've not got to do it because, and I was one, you don't do it with me because I'll lose my shit. Um, because I'll be honest with you, I did a few things wrong in while I was in the job, but I always stayed away on my hands up and said, yeah, I've cocked up. It's the best way. Uh, so I'm not going to be bent, am I? Well, you've heard me rage earlier, which probably gives it away. Uh, going back a few years ago, I was a bus driver. We used to have machines, um, ticket machines. Which, but people were getting on the bus, some drivers, people were getting on the bus, and instead of, say, equivalent, say, £2, never £2 in them, you give them a ticket for a pound. But then put the other pound in a separate thing, so I was doing it. One of them bought a brand new car out of his dodgy fares uh, because he didn't have many. Uh, it's like the prison service now; didn't have any inspectors or experienced people going out checking. Um, but they all got caught in the end. Lost the jobs. He lost his car, obviously, and everything. So um, yeah, even I remember once this bloke paid me with a ten pound note. I give him change, and it was a brand new ten pound note, so two stuck together. So he got his ticket, went upstairs, and then I realised his two ten pound notes, and I'm like, I could not settle till he come down. In the end, I had to stop the bus. I stopped the bus and went upstairs. Say, yeah, mate, give me two tenors, because I couldn't cope with the guilt that I'd, you know, people he might think I'd nicked his tenor. I couldn't cope with it, so I'd be a shit bent officer because I'd. I'd and I can't lie, I go red when I lie. Um, unless it's a little white lie and it means I can get home on time. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I'm a bit shit at lying. Um, and I can, I, for some reason I can't lie to a woman. That's why I'm um, probably single at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Hmm... Um, I, don't, I can't say more about that because I wasn't and I never would have been. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was. that's one that happened in reception. But, yeah, it was hard work there. But we used to be quite organised because, like I said, we used to work Saturdays and Sundays and Sundays was just all day doing prop for the prisoners. So it was always up to date. Uh, where nowadays, it, but we didn't have key workers and all that crap in them. There's an in reception. Like on the wings, you had nine cells he was in charge of. And it was the cells he was in charge of, not the prisoners. 
Um, so obviously in reception we didn't have any personal officer work to do, but we used to get on with this um, property. Um, it was good because then we had uh, really trusted orderlies. So on a Friday night, on an early Saturday morning, we used to get everything out for each wing, everything, we used to get it all outlined up separate. So then we could just say, yep, yeah, Alpha Wing come down, we got your stuff and it was all out ready. And um, uh, we had it like clockwork. Um, then we have courts coming in in the afternoon. But if you only have, if you only have one or two prisoners in, which sometimes you did, um, then one of us, because used to be three of us on at weekend, one of us would carry on with the prop. Well, the other two processed, and then as soon as they processed, got them up the wing, we used to get back on prop again. So it all run, um, we had it going quite well. Um, and even it, and sometimes we'd get no courts in, so we could just crack on all day. So everyone was happy. Prisoners were getting the stuff. We were getting work done. We were getting it, because if you come in on Monday, you're like Monday morning, you go in the back and it's all clear. It's like, oh, God, thank God for that. Because it's continually coming in. So you get, if it's still piled up on a Monday morning, it's going to get doubled by a weekend. Um, so, yeah, we did. And then uh, we got Maxine as a manager. <laughs> Mad Max. So I'll go back a few years. I've probably mentioned it. They used to have, uh, during the week, every day, used to have certain times for certain wings to come down to get the prop. That was brilliant. I mean, I didn't work there then, so I'm only saying it was brilliant for me because I knew what day my wing was going. Um, and he stopped it to do this weekend thing, which was all well and good if we got no courts in. Um, and Maxine took over and she was like, right, we're going to take... One of you is going to come with me and we're going to take the prop up to the wings and we're going to give it him on the wings. So we was making a dent continually in the back room. In the back room was where we kept the prop. Um, uh, yeah, so it was me. I went with Maxine. Uh, we, and we used to go there every day, not to the same wing, obviously to different wings, dropping the prop off, take the prop cars with us, sign, get the prop cars signed and everything. And then, then when they get... Because if... A prisoner has 10 new items in, he has to give us 10 old items, so he's prop, because, you know, they have a limit to what they can have. So, yeah, and we took the greens up, and we got the greens, and we signed it all with them there, and then it was brilliant. And we kept on top of it, which made the weekends easier. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, excuse me, I've got one of them ring bells, and someone just, what, I thought someone was coming to my door. So, uh we did that for ages until the computer, it went computerised uh, and everything had to be put on a computer, what you give in, what you give out and what you brought back and it just wasn't feasible to be going on the wings every day. Um, we did try to get prisoners down during the week but it depended how busy we was. Uh, yeah, I remember one Saturday, ah, I'll tell this story first, then I'll go to a funny story after. Um, we got a phone call off Geo Amy saying uh, he used to ring us saying like usually he said he's eight in court we, we normally on average get half that you know what I mean so one day they rang us and he said 
Well, we've only got two in court today, and they're going to be um, quick ones. I'm like, oh, smashing so well, like, great, and easy sat there for once. Uh, but he says, strange ways in Forest Bank are locked out, and he's telling, uh, he's about 10 in Manchester waiting to be uh, out, so we're bringing him to you. I'm like, oh, you bastard, this was like at 12 o'clock. And in them days, we used to finish at four. It's like, shit. And uh, so these prisoners turned up at like three o'clock. So obviously we're not we're gonna run but I tell you what, we had three of us from reception, Oscar one, the duty manager, Victor two, the duty director, and Echo one, the manager from TC, all got stuck in and helped us. Um uh, they were all processing them in because the duty governor was there anyway, we didn't have to wait for her to go sign people off, but she was booking in. Uh she making us bruise and everything, you know, keeping us going. Um, I mean, to be fair, Echo One, he filled some farms in wrong, so we have to do him again, but we didn't tell him. Thanks, Al, if you're listening. Star that thing. Uh, yeah, Emma was Victor too. Oh, God, it was Oscar One. Gaz, I think it was. Or Neil, somewhere. Uh, um, they all got stuck in and helped us. I mean, we still didn't finish till like seven o'clock. Uh, but it just showed how the team got together and helped, where nowadays, Certain Oscar ones are still help us. I know like Pagewood and Gaz and uh, well, Gaz don't do Oscar one anymore. Uh, but most of them will just sit there and still go home at five o'clock, even though we've got shitloads of work to do. Um, and reception managers normally stay if they're on, but they're not on at weekends as a separate separate entity. Um, I mean, Paige has been there till 11 midnight with us helping us out. She could have gone home at five o'clock. Um, Gaz used to, to, but then Gaz has a little baby, so we used to let him go. <laughs> um, he didn't have it, obviously, his, his missus had it, Charlotte. <coughs> so, yeah, we had that, and then uh, a couple of weeks later, I think about three weeks later, two weeks later I was on, um, and I had to go and do um, the chapel. So, uh, Saturdays used to be the Catholics, but... In our jail, you have to have two separate services, uh, one for the um, <coughs> VPs and one for the, the, the normal uh, location. Just bear with me, sorry. So I went off to do the chapel. Uh, so you're there, uh, like, nearly three hours. Um, so I'm off and I'm thinking, oh, God, all the courts are going to be there when I get back. You know, like you do. So we go through the service and uh, get them all back. Then days we had that much staff, you could just get on the radio and say, right, chapel's finished, can you man your door so people will be there manning the doors, you should send them out. Nowadays, you have to take them back yourself. Um, <laughs> there's not enough staff, or some staff can't be asked standing at the door because they're having a brew or something. Um, oh, lost my rag a few times with them. But anyway, um, so I'm taking back and then I take these VPs back uh, then I bring the other lot, the other lot come, I'm on my gate and you send them out. So they're always there at the door to send them out, but then it takes some ages to come to the door to bring them back. Um, so I uh, get the, and then we send, chat. oh my God. It's like working in a school with these uh, chapels. Half of them are not there to chapel, they're there to just chat with their mates. 
Uh, and first few times I'm going out like, shut up, listen, and then the other thought, you know what, that's the point. You know, it, well, obviously if I seen them passing anything, if I was lucky, um, then I'd to be a different story. But again, in then the early days, you had a two-year-old on a Saturday in that chapel. When I left, he was one of you. So you could be in there with 30-odd prisoners on your own in the chapel. Now, you just look at strange ways, riots, you know, it happens in chapel sometimes, anyway, but yeah, it never happened with us. So, um, text them all back and uh, sneak out for a fag because, you know, I've just been stuck in there for three hours. I'm not a very good uh, Christian, so, you know, I didn't used to like that bit. So uh, I come back in and he got, I went to the board, we have a big board in the room, you know, with prisoners' names on them, you know, with the VPs or the suicide order on a suicide and self-harm watch and stuff like that. Uh, and I looked and there was fucking about 10 names on him. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going like, me usual, like, kicking off and moaning and blah. I always moaned. But like what Gaz said, the manager, you always moan, man, but you still do it. Like, I said, yeah, well, you got to have a moan. So when I get redeployed somewhere else, I'm like, fuck it, but I still go. Uh, and everyone got used to that. They just let me go, rant and rave. And then someone say, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm like, no, you won't. I'm going. I'm just, just, it was just how I did it. I, did, I just used to moan a lot, on the, but I still do it. So, like, yeah, man, there's like all these people coming in and it's like, fucking looking at these names, like, shit. They're coming from all over. Because of the previous week, we know it happens. If someone's locked out and we're not, they're going to send them to us. Private jail and all that, you know, we can't shut dead on time like HMPs do. So, uh, and I'm bouncing about and I'm moaning. I'm looking at my watch. It's like three o'clock. Fucking hell, they're not here yet. Um, and then it was Emma Taylor again. Bloody hell, Emma. Um, and the Vic and Charlotte was Victor too, uh, Oscar one, and um, they all come down and I'm like, I'm going to look at this Emma, bloody and Charlotte, fucking time and so like here, and um, they're like, Mark, just look at the initials on the, the like the first letters of the names, and I look down and it's fucking spelt gotcha, bastards had made it up because they knew I'd go off on one, and they'd made all these names up and it spelt gotcha down the side. Oh, I was fucking fuming. With myself, because I'd fell for it. But they were pissing themselves laughing. And uh, this is what I'm saying about good governors, good uh, assistant directors. Charlotte's one now. Emma, brilliant Emma. Uh, I can't fault Emma. She's so she's dead genuine with you. Uh, and if we ever got a bollocking off Emma, you must have done something really bad. Um and she used to wear these, um, I don't know, people probably remember back in the 70s and 80s, you used to paint your Doc Martins. And then she still wears them now for work. Um, and we used to always say that she wore a certain Doc Martins, we're like, oh God, there's going to be trouble. Because <laughs> it was always, a lot of the things I did, like Austin negotiations and scraps and stuff like that, Emma was always victim to. But what a woman, brilliant. Brilliant, mate. Uh, I first met Emma when I very first started. Um, I was on the um, non-custodial course and Emma had been off. Um, she'd had a baby uh, and she'd been off. So she had, she was on the course with us. 
And I made the advice that woman gave me then, because she, obviously she was still a prison, because a prison officer come back. The advice she gave me, I, I took forward with me. That's what I mean about all the staff giving you advice. Um, so, and Emma's just worked her way up now, and she's a, an assistant director. Uh, same as Charlotte, really. Um, uh, brilliant. And, and they, they're the ones that get respect of us because they've been there and done it. But they, they have to change a little bit. It's like Ryan, Ryan Dealey, he's the same. They have to change a little bit because the management now. But they know what we have to go through. They know this shit we have to deal with. And now some. So what I mean, sometimes it can affect us. But if you've got the right support, you can get through that. I mean, again, I'm using myself. I went through some shit and I had bad mental health shit. And because people like them free, you know, and, and other managers, pay, uh, Gaz, Paige, all them, they realised I was going through a difficult time and they helped me through it. Where nowadays, you fucking kicked out the door because they don't give a shit about the staff anymore. And there's an old saying, isn't there? The SMT are not there. The prison still runs. If the staff, the managers or the staff are not there, then they're fucked, aren't they? Uh, because a lot of them haven't got a clue. Uh, some of the SMT could go on the wings tomorrow, like it was. It wouldn't make a difference to them. But the others, psh, nah. Um, and if they did, I wouldn't like. To, I'd like to work with some of them still, because I did work with them before. Um, but some of them, I'd be like, oh, God. Because they just sit on their asses because that's what you're used to. Uh, not all of them, especially the ones I mentioned, they wouldn't. Um, like I said, they all helped us out that day in reception when it was like we got 10 prisoners dead later on. Oh, yeah, even the nurses, because in reception, in them days, you used to have a nurse permanently in reception. And, and even they'd come and say, like, check on you, make sure you was all right. I mean, that's just not, you know, if we had an incident in reception, which we had quite a few, um, the nurses would always check on us as well. Where later on in life, um, and again, I don't mean all the nurses, I know one member of staff who... He actually fell, there was no assault or nothing, but he just fell and broke his arm. And we called for the nurse and she said, no, he's not a prisoner, so I'm not dealing with it. And he's like, what the fuck? Uh, so we had to ring the ambulance for him and then try and... We couldn't give him anything, obviously. But some nurses had that attitude, but a lot of them, I mean like 90%, 99% of them, check on us as well. Any incident, obviously they check on the prisoner because they have to. Uh, but they check on us as well. Um, yeah, that rule where if you, you're involved in a restraint, you're allowed to go off duty for half an hour to calm down. Uh, nah, it don't happen anymore. You get in a scrap, you're in a big scrap, you know, you're knackered. Uh, do your paperwork, get back on the wing. It's like, what? And that's why a lot of us didn't, because you have 72 hours to put your paperwork in, so we're like, nah, I'm not doing it today. And we'd leave it to last minute. I know it, 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 we can't go on strike, so we have little re rebellions like that. Um, yeah, the nurses, I can't praise the nurses. I could spend an old episode praising the nurses and what they did. Um, yeah, one of them, uh, she started the same time as me, uh, Laura, Laura Walker. 
brilliant nurse, brilliant. Um, uh, sometimes she went into a posh voice like when she's water. But yeah, I mean, she's a, a, a matron or head sister, so the, the cancer unit now in Derby Royal, but good nursing and she had a good team around her because I think they all, because she taught them like, you know, we're all a team and all that. So yeah, though, wherever I've worked, it's quite spooky really because I worked at House Lot 3 where I might land a detox room where we have a lot of work with nurses. Uh, reception, we have a lot of work with nurses, and I worked in healthcare where we have a lot of uh, interaction with the nurses. Uh, and I'm still single. I've worked with all them nurses, and I'm still single because I'm professional. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's some nurses I've actually fell out with because I've told them, you're lazy, get out, get off, do it, go away, get someone else. So yeah, so. Yeah, reception was quite uh, an eye-opener. But to be fair, because I'd done so long on the wings in one big swoop, I got a bit bored being in reception because it it's busy, but it's the same busy, if you know what I mean. It's like working in the factory, you you just do it's the same thing every day, even though each day's different because you don't know what's coming through the door or prisoners who kick off because they don't want to go. Um, like that when I was telling you about it, I got the blood on me, all on my shirt for. A few couple of weeks later, he was getting shipped out. And of course he didn't want to go. So he starts cutting up again. So it's, it's like, fuck, fuck. So he comes down. Yeah, here's bureaucracy gone mad for you. So we put him in a room on his own because he was cutting up. Um, so I'm trying to talk to him because whether you've twisted someone up or... or seeing out someone or not you still have that um professional relationship with them where I, sometimes when you've actually gone in and dealt with them they actually have a bit of respect for you because i've known some people who who have gone into seeing our people and actually like to be honest i told you about the time i did it when i was in the middle of my crisis but they go in and they fucking like punch proper like punching them up um and so sometimes when you you see an R someone but you don't do that, they have that respect for you because you're doing your job. So we we're like oh, so we went in and Gaz was the manager, so we and there was two of us, it was me and uh, Reese, I think it was, or Zach. Can't remember. Um and we was just talking to him, it was like there has to be three of us there just in case he kicks off. Uh, but we hope you always hope they don't because it's paperwork, isn't it? Um, and he he's talking quite calmly, and then all of a sudden he just pulled this blade, this razor out. So we have to see and on him. So we see and on him. Um, got the blade off him, put him back in his cell. Um, the bus turned up, and they were like, "Oh well, they couldn't take him. Obviously covered in blood, so we had to wait for the nurse to come to clean them up." By this time, we didn't have a dedicated reception nurse, so a lot of times the nurses, we had to wait for them because they were doing medicine, seg or whatever. Um, so we waited, and the bus is waiting for him. The prisoners who were going as well are waiting. They're getting pissed off because they're stuck in a room for hours already. Uh, so we're getting cleaned up and said, right, mate, you get on the bus because if you're not, we're going to... Because we could put people on the bus then. 
Um, he's like, oh God, I'm going, but I'm going to cut up when I get there. And we're thinking, oh, it's not our fucking problem. But, um, so the man manager went off and rang this other jail and said, listen, we just put him on the bus because he, he cut up. Um, it's been cleaned up, he's been treated by the nurse, all bandaged up, no issues, but he's saying he's going to do it when he gets to you at reception. And they're like, oh, good, we'll deal with it. So, I mean, them days you could. Nowadays, some prisons won't take someone who's cut up. It's ridiculous. We still did, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, we get all that sorted. This is like a couple of hours, obviously. Uh, we get it all sorted, he's let it go on the bus, and the uh, OMU ring up and say, oh, sorry, we made a mistake, he's getting released tomorrow, he doesn't have to be transferred. What the fuck? We've done all that with him, we, we'd have to twist him up, we've had to get him treated, we've had to ring the other Nick, all them lads are waiting to go, and now you're telling us not to send him because he's he's getting released tomorrow. What? That's what I mean. Remember when I went back, communication, no communication. I'll tell you later all the issues we had with all of you. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, mad. So, like, yeah, in them days, if people were being transferred, uh, sorry, earlier days, people were being transferred, we could twist them up, put them on the bus, and then send them. Uh, all of a sudden, it stopped. Prison, we're not accepting... Uh, they won't, some prisons wouldn't even accept a prison in the transfer if it was on a... An act which is a suicide watch for non-prison staff. I mean, it got ridiculous. And then, um, I mean, the last few years, I mean, it was a big hit, high, a big thing in the in the press and all that about, uh, and the, the two cases in Liverpool where that child killer and that one who killed that lady who was in the pub uh, refusing to turn up in court and causing a big stink. Well, in our... Um, yeah, that happens, but it's not... The prisons are not sending them out because we'll put... We're glad we put people on the bus, especially the child killer. Um, it's... And it's not the GOM, a lot of the GOME drivers not, don't agree with it, but the GOME head office or whoever it is have told um, their drivers that if they're not to take uh, prisoners who get restrained and put on the bus. So um, if you want to try and slag prisons off for not letting people come to court, uh, you need to look in other directions because it's coming from the uh, transport company, not the prisons. Um, because it, all that happens is, you get to court, the judge says, where's such and such about it? Oh, he refused to go. And then the judge rings up and says, why has he refused to go? I want him in court. So it's got to take two, three staff off from the prison to take someone to court. So we still have to go. I mean, it happened in my court case. Uh, I got assaulted. I went on about it. I'm not going to go anymore. Um, and it took 14 months before we got to court. 15 months, because he, um, well, he pleaded not guilty at first, but, uh, and then he pleaded guilty, so we had to go to court. It was all set to go to court, he rang me up, I was all right, I'd retired, so I didn't care. Um, people at work had got the days off, organised, um, and then he refused to 
leave the prison. Well, as officers, we know he probably, the, the transport refused to put him on because he was kicking off. Uh, so we had to wait another month. Um, and then I, we got a day's, well, not even a day. They, let, they, they informed us at five o'clock at night that he was in court the next day. So who turned up? The old retired man, because he was, he just couldn't get days off. And by the time they'd rang him, the bosses had all gone home, so he couldn't actually say, listen, I'm not going to be in tomorrow, I've got caught. So I had to go on my own. But I know it's not the officers who've not sent him. It's the drivers. Um, he got two years for ABH on me and nine months for uh, attacking uh, three emergency workers. And you know, the stupid, I might have mentioned it, but the stupid thing is, he got less because he was always in, already in prison. Which was fucking mad. The law was an ass. So, yeah, um, then I went and worked in TC, the therapeutic community. Um, I didn't last long there. I can't go into it because it's quite um, uh, it's a private thing. You, you know, I'm not going into the prisoners who were there because it's, they're there for a reason and it's, it's not, won't do them no good if they... So, yeah, I was in the therapy, the therapeutic for a while. Um, but I could not change the way I work from being a prison officer on the wings to prison officer on the therapeutic unit, which I shouldn't have to really, because I was over there as a prison officer, not a therapist. But some of the staff had high ambitions and thought they were. So they didn't like that I was still working as a prison officer there and not... Yeah, so like... When I locked up, I'd shout lock up. If they weren't behind the doors, I locked the door and they could wait for me. Apparently, they don't do that on TC. Uh, they don't drop the locks and they don't do this. Not, and I was still doing it. So uh, we decided to part ways, shall we say. Because um, I threatened to drop a prisoner because he was giving me mouth. But apparently, that's not allowed on TC. Um, so, yeah, I ended up working in healthcare. I did security in Oxford a bit, but that just means you have a spare body on a wing, which I don't mind because I like working in wings, but I just like to have a settled job. So I ended up in healthcare. Um, brilliant. What a team we had in healthcare. Absolutely magnificent. Um, can't fault them at all. Uh, the staff who were work with, the nurses, it, it was a bit of a frightening time for me because most of the staff were female and I'm, I'm just shit scared of females. I was like the Joey. Um, I'd go and get the trolleys, I'd do everything because they asked me and I'd do it simply. <laughs> um, and we had some uh, proper poorly prisoners down there. Um, well, we had, when I was there at first, it was three, three or four prisoners on there, like, the final care plan, they were like serious cancer patients and proper, um, yeah, poorly people. They had some, um, some with proper mental health issues as well down there. It was, uh, God, it was mad. It was like just madness, but because, yeah, it was madness, but not in a, not in an animal way, but just like proper, like <sighs> busy, busy, busy. Loads of act assessment, like. Suicide and self-harm watches. You used to get prisoners come down if they attempted suicide or anything like that during night shift. 
You bring him to uh, healthcare for the night. Don't know why we still we only had two officers, one or two officers on that night in healthcare and the nurse. But they used to be so we, we had all cars down there. Uh, we had this one lad, um, Les, old man Les. But what a what a, a bloke he was that dead funny, but he was dying. He was proper ill. He come in the jail. Um, he had like I think it was forty thirty grand, um, and in the pre in the prison system, you have if someone's old or disabled like that, they get a, a trusted prisoner as his carer. So they like wheel him about, you know, to appointments and stuff like that, or get him his dinner and stuff like that, and they get paid for it. Um, and as per. Some prisoners get a job and abuse it and he just robbed him blind, he had him sending money and get his family sending money in for him and all that. Um, but yeah, he was like some right bastards, I tell you. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some brilliant carers who, who look after these prisoners like they were own family. But some of them like, just get the job and they just rob him blind. Horrible bastards they are. Um, some of them are brilliant. I mean, I, I know loads of lads who look after prisoners and they look after them proper well. Um, sometimes you have to say, listen, mate, leave it. We, we're all right. You, calm down. <coughs> so uh, anyway, Les, come, he come, I'd known Les. I, I processed him in when he came in, so I knew him anyway. But he got so ill um, and he kept... Oh, kept falling out of bed and falling out of his chair and everything, smashing his head open and everything. Um, so we had to keep an eye on Les. And, and it, it, down in reception, in Elka, you didn't mind looking after because that was his job. Uh, not like years gone by where he had to go on a training course to be an hospital officer. He just chucked any of us down there. But, I mean, like I said, we had a brilliant team. It was, uh, yeah, they were... The males was me, Leon and Nige, and the rest were girls, to be honest, that was it. Uh, yeah, Farty Katie and... Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was good, uh, and we we had it sewn up. And not, not like a wing where you have to have discipline, but we had it, we all really, if, we, if someone was on nights, we'd come in early for them so they could get off. Um, and whoever was on nights would come in a bit early so the day staff would get off. It was just a, just a cracking team uh, and we worked hard. But we had one prisoner down there. I can't even remember his name. He was such a dick. But he used to give the female officers proper, like proper shit, calling them slags and bitches and blah, blah, blah. And uh, now, I don't know whether you have told her or you know, but I'm quite a... Old-fashioned in my manners that you don't talk to women like that. So I used to go back at him. Um, and he used to give it out. Like, they all come in here and say that. So, mate, if I come in there, you'd be fucking in hospital talking to women like that because it really roused me up. And you know, and then the next minute, he'd be like, my mate, oh, mank, mank, can I break it? And uh, I, I, I put up with it, and I, which is quite unusual for me because normally I wouldn't. Um, and I went to the manager um, and I said, listen, we... You can't keep going on. You can't be abusing women like this and threatening to punch the faces in and assault them and all that shit. I said, you can't do it. He can't, you know, oh, he's got mental health issues. You've got to be patient with him. I'm like, I'm like okay, I'm working in healthcare now. So, yeah, it's got to be done. And this went on 
and on. And these women I worked with were tough, were tough women. Um, one of them, Rachel, she, he was targeting her more than anyone. Now, I look back at um, maladaptive behaviour, obviously. Rachel was really, oh God, she'll get me getting now. But Rachel was quite, was pretty. Um, and I think in his head, it was like at school where the girl you fancy, you give him shit. Um, I'm not saying Rachel would have paid back with that. But anyway, this is how I thought he thought. But, you know, it was just getting so, I was getting so angry about it. And, and Rachel was just like batting it off. But we had a chat about it. And she said, I mean, one day she was in tears about it. And this is when I thought, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm having him um, properly. I mean, I wouldn't want to go in and one-to-one -one and smack his face in however much I'd like to. So um, this went on and the, man the manager was all over him. She's like, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. We had this uh, orderly in healthcare, right? He was doing 20-odd years for... Uh, Oh yeah, this prisoner, he'd done 20 years, hardly. He got 20 years for an, uh, for murder. Um, so, like most long-termers, he'd gone through his mad time and he realised, you know, time to stop all that crap. <coughs> Proper good hardly. He, was out, he used to help the prisoners. He kept the, the healthcare was spotless. Um, brilliant. Um, and for some reason, this fucking idiot didn't like him. So he used to give him shit, and this obviously is a prisoner's all that. So sometimes he'd be like, I'll fucking kill him. And I'm like, listen, we all used to say, let's just ignore him as a dick. So uh, one day, this fucking idiot was going, coming down for meds, uh, and he just set about this fucking orderly. I mean, I was in the office for once doing some paperwork, probably the girls had told me to do it. <laughs> and um, he started fucking scrap, like, kicked off with this orderly. Now, this hardly was streetwise, you know, a gang member from London and all that. Um, so they started fighting back, but so I just instinctively grabbed this hardly around and pulled him into office and shut the door. So, um, obviously, someone pressed the alarm, so everyone compiling down. But I had this, I can't remember his name. He was in the office with me. I said, Sit down and calm the fuck down. He said, we all know he attacked you first, so don't worry about it. So, fucking uh, comes down, manager comes down, and we tell her what happened, and she went, right, you're going to have to, we're going to have to fire you from your job to this hardly. I'm like, what? He didn't start it. The fucking, he fucking jumped him. This one that you've been protecting because he's been abusing your female staff. I went off on a little bit. I said, then you're taking his side over him. I said, ridiculous. Um, and he's like, it's all right, Mark. I'm like, no, it's not all right, but he was like, okay, it's prison, and, and he was, and I was fuming, and then you know what she did? Fucking give this idiot a positive entry for stopping fighting. The only reason he stopped fighting is because we dragged them both, separated them both, and this is what was going on then. It was like, yes, you've got mental health issues, mate, but it's, it's up to a point where you can't, you know, anyway, if that was on a wing, they'd both get nicked, and they'd both be in sec He's got mental health issues, yeah, but he should still be nicked. And he could stay in healthcare for all because he needed it, but... And he wasn't, he was just... He was just... Anyway. So, you know, this is what... I agree that 
prisoners with mental health issues, they need help, so they need some more attention, so they don't care. But, you know, there's still a line of violence. If someone's, you know, if, wow. Anyway, so he, so he gets to go ahead then, off the, the governor then, to uh, the manager to, oh, I can do what I want, because that's how he'll think. So it's carried on for a few, about a couple more weeks. But then I was on, um, we used to have lockdown training, we spoke to her every month, but short staffed and that, you, you don't, but anyway. And I usually try and avoid it anyway, because I hate it. I hate sitting in a classroom. I don't mind when I'm giving the class, because, uh, yeah, I'm powerful then, isn't it? <laughs> so I come back, and the staff were in the office, and I'm like, I, I said, fucking hell, you know, when they say you can walk in, and you know, when I walked, I said, God, what's happened? And this idiot had been fucking horrendous uh, all morning. Um, and the girls were nearly in tears again. And I'm like, you know what? But because of the people in healthcare, you've got like sex offenders in healthcare and you've got... So we have to split the showers. So, you know, obviously some can't come out at the same time. So uh, I said, right. I said, what we'll do... We'll let him out for a shower, and if he kicks off this time, we're going to drop him, and I'll press the alarm, and everyone can come down, uh, and then we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, that was the plan. So, uh, he comes out, and he's proper gobbing off, and because we knew, yeah, carry on, mate, because you're having it in a minute. Uh, he, got, he went into the shower room, and he's proper getting it out, and he's like, I was stood right in front of him, and he's fucking like giving it out to the women, and he's like, Fucking yeah, slagging them off and all that, and I'm like fuck this. So I just grabbed his head and I fucking ragged him on the floor. But we was in the shower, weren't we? So I slipped. I slipped. So we was both on the floor. Next thing and all, these fuck these girls proper twisted him up, uh, and they were twisting him up. And I, I just lay there, and I couldn't even get out. And he was twisting him up. They rolled him over. I got out, and uh, he starts shouting for Rachel, 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 help me. I mean, he's been the one that's been fucking abusing it for the last three months. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, we got him out anyway, and uh, everyone come piling down. So then, the Oscar one had come piling down then, so she's like, or he was like, Seg. <coughs> um, oh, he's giving it out all the way. Ah, oh, that fucking Mark thinks he's a big man that punched me in the face, and I didn't even feel it. I'm like, I'm fucking punching in the face, mate. I grabbed your head. Um, got him down to Seg anyway, so uh, he got him out of healthcare. He did get shipped out a couple of weeks later. Uh, no, 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 they sent him back. They sent him back. That's right. Um, but anyway, I went down to Seg one day to. Um, oh no, one at lads on on uh, Coxer prisoner, not Coxer the officer. He wrote he, he wrote a poem about this lad. It was so fucking funny. Um, and uh, so I went down to reception to seg for someone, and he started giving it out. So I recited this poet poem to him, uh, and it ended up that he ended up getting twisted. He thought it was hard, but he ended up getting twisted up by girls. And uh, all the prisoners in seg started laughing at him, and he said, "Ah, that's not what he told us, Mark, because I know I knew a lot of prisoners." He said that you you punched him out, and he didn't feel that. I said, "Mate," he said, "Yeah, we've all said to him if Mark had hit you, you would you would have felt it." Uh, I'm not trying to big myself up there, but I've got a bony knuckle. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, and they sang this, I can't remember the poem, it might come to me later on, I'll tell you. Um, and 
Yeah, they were all laughing at him. No, he didn't go back to Elkerry, but they sent him back on a wing. That's another story. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, there was that, and there was a, a lad in there just continually self-harmed. But he, he used to hide it. Um, so when he was on um, he was on an act after self-harming, we used to actually go into his cell every time and like check him, pull his covers back and check him and see if he... I mean, they weren't bad cuts. It was, um, you know, just like scratching and that, but it was... The thing is, it, even if it's only a little scratch, everything's got to kick in, the nurse has got to come and everything, so... Uh, but he, he had bad mental health issues, um, hearing voices, and, and that was his main thing, the voices. Um, he'd never come out for his dinner. We used to have to take his dinner to him and all that. He was proper poorly. And, uh, but we looked after him, and um, he ended up... He did get sectioned in the end and went off to a mental health um, place. But, uh, yeah, we had to look after him. We had another... Um, oh, God... He just wouldn't wash, he was just like proper dirty. Um, and we used to have to tell him to go and have a wash and, and his, his cell was stinking and everything. All oh, prisoners were complaining about it. And uh, and in the end, you know, some of the prisoners who were not as poor, and he was still, he used to go and clean himself for him. He used to go, go on, Matt, uh, tell the staff, we'll do it. And he used to go in and clean his pad for him, so... You know, that's what I mean. All prisoners are not horrible to each other and, and they, they do help each other and the staff as well. Uh, so, yes, like I say, some of these uh, ex-prisoners who come on podcasts, they just tell you the worst things that happen. You know, there's some good stuff, some good staff, some good prisoners who do help each other. And, and yeah, um, so, oh, tell you, amazing, mate. Amazing. Sometimes, sometimes I... I Walk out thinking, God, that was amazing how people helped today. Uh, prisoners, everyone, like I told you before, in that fight in the, in the Muslim prayer, how the older Muslims helped me and agreed with me when I was bollocking the younger ones for fighting and stuff. Got the weapons off and everything. You know, these things happen and it's it's not all horrible and it's not all scrapping all that. It's some good work done in there by staff and prisoners. It's good, good work done and, and it's quite enlightening. Um, I used to get quite upset when some of these good lads got shipped out. They were buzzing because he'd got a cat C, uh, and we were just cat B, but that's what it's all about. And some of them think the right way, oh, if I behave myself and do good, I'll get lower cat quicker. It's common sense, isn't it? It's not fucking, not rocket science. Behave yourself, you get rewarded. And these some of these lads were absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'm just so sad sometimes that I... I walked out a bit earlier because one of the lads, um, I'd known him a while, Pete, he was a good, oh God, his case was like hilarious, been on telly and everything. Um, he was proper good, he was, he was um, oh, he did loads of jobs. He was a first night, first night orderly, oh God, loads of jobs he did. And he was really good and he, he, he was good with staff as well. Um, he did, that's what he was doing. He wanted to get his cat sick. He's got it now. Um, he was in the process of being uh, moved when I, when I was there. I, was, uh, I wanted to see him off, but unfortunately, circumstances was that it was actually the prison he was going to that I had the argument with. Uh, Tosser, he thought he knew everything just because he was a manager and could talk to staff like shit. 
but it was where Pete was going. So I was just gutted. And also, he promised me one of, he was a good artist, he promised me one of his paintings, which I never got now, because I fucking walked out early. Uh, but yeah, some proper, like some of the stuff that went on in, in jail, it's just, you think, wow. Um, it, like, I tell you, I've got time now, I've only got, I worked on the um, golf wing, I told you I went on there, it was uh, it was an enhanced wing. If it wouldn't have been from COVID, it'd probably be the cushiest job I ever had. But anyway, before COVID stuck, um, it, it, oh my God, what a win. Prisoners used to go out to work and didn't even like the cells because everyone was like a big family on there, the prisoners. Uh, if one of them was being a dick, the others would say, listen, calm down, mate. But I just got to tell you this story. Um, and there was a lot of Mus uh, Muslims on there. But, you know... If someone got put on the wing, or been transferred in, or whatever, and they didn't have anything, I swear to God, an hour later, there was a bag of clothes outside his cell where they'd all come together and threw some kit in for him. Uh, or, you know, they'd been transferred in and they waiting for the, the property to be sent on. And that's what they were like on that wing, it was brilliant. Uh, if it was someone's birthday, oh my God, what a spread! Someone would make a cake, someone would do this, and, and they'd have like a proper like cakes and everything on for him. Brilliant. It, it was like how an enhanced wing should be. I mean, we had a few dickheads on there, but I was told to get them off the wing when I went on. So it was really good. I mean, prisoners are still on that. I mean, it's not as enhanced as it used to be, but there's prisoners still on there who, who have been there for like five, six years. Um, because... Oh, it was brilliant, mate. And if it wouldn't have been for COVID, because he was like 59, I think, or prisoners on the wing, and I'd say 49 of them went to work. So, before COVID stuck, it was only like 19 prisoners on the wing, and six or seven of them went out on the wings cleaning. You could actually, that was a wing where you could have sat in the office and read the paper and had drank coffee all day. Because they all trusted each other that much. Um, like I said, cell doors were left open. And there was one lad on there, uh, Mr Butt. I can't remember his first name, though. Um, oh, my God, I don't drink tea. But he used to say, Matt, you want a cup of tea? I'd be like, no, mate, I don't drink tea. I only drink coffee. And he went, someone said, at least Matt, just try his tea. It's fuck. So I'm like, ugh. Because I do have one occasionally. It's not like I'm... I was going to say, uh, teaist and that. <laughs> um, so I said, go on then. Oh my fucking, the, the best cup of tea I have ever drank in my life. And I don't drink a lot, but well. And he, knew, he turned me back to, every day I'd say, Mr. Butt makes the cup of tea. Um, and he'd go, well, I'm just praying. So I let him pray. I mean, sometimes I'd go in his cell and be praying, and I'd be like, oh shit, I'd walk out there quietly. Um, Oh, beautiful. What a cup of tea he made. Um, but he was a bit of a character as well, so uh, he used to make you laugh. So, to be fair, he got away with quite a lot because he used to make me laugh. Not illegal stuff, but um, he was always marvelling me for the cleanest job. I said, miss it, mate, because he was devout, so he used to do his how many times a day prayer it is. I said, mate, it'll interfere with your prayer because you can't just keep going off. Oh, no. I said, no, mate, go on. But I used to let him out anyway because he was just made me laugh. But, yeah, 
Whoa, what a cup of tea that was. I found out later, I even bought some Yorkshire tea bags because that's what he made your tea with, but I didn't know it. He put, he always put a bit of, um, oh, what was it, mango juice in his tea, just a little bit. And that's what made it so nice. So I never knew that till someone said, you know what he puts in his tea? And I'm like, oh God, don't tell me. And he said, no, no, he puts a bit of mango. I said, fucking beautiful, mate. So anyone, just try it. It's, oh, wow. Nearly turned me back in. I'm a coffee lover and I'm nearly a tea lover. Uh, actually, saying that, I did get COVID. I might have mentioned it before. Uh, but I wasn't poorly with it, but in them days, you, you're off work for 10 days, fucking get out. Um, and I did, I weren't poorly, I just had a bit of an achy back, but I think that was just lying on my back all day, doing shit for 10 days. Uh, and I lost my taste and my smell. Some people said I've never had taste, but anyway. Uh, I did, Joanna, I'm kidding. I had taste when, yeah. Um, when I went back to work, I fucking love tea. I'm just drinking tea all the time for, for about three weeks. Um, so, yeah, mad, isn't it? Uh, so that's how I suffered with COVID. I didn't like coffee for a while. Uh, I'm back on about 10 a day now, so that's soon gone. Right, I'm going. Um, only because I've only got four minutes left. Um, I just want to do my usual shit at the end. Um, I'll... Uh, everyone who works in a prison to stay safe. Uh, watch your backs. Um, obviously, hey, anyone at HMP Dugate, God's sake, make sure you all go home tonight. Um, stay safe, keep talking to each other and talk to your managers and everything because, uh, yeah, some good managers there um, and good ADs. Um, I'm not going any higher than that because uh, I can't, I've got nothing nice to say. Okay, thank you very much for listening. And I am very humbled that so many people have actually listened to my me ranting and raving. Thank you very much. And adios. Oh, did I tell you I was going on holiday on Friday? Bye.